Hello and welcome to the 13th Hour Podcast. This is episode number 430. I'm your host, Joshua Blum, and this is another Like a Hood Ornament episode. I believe it's actually number 52. series and so that particular segment has gone on for ooh, a couple of years now and today actually I thought I'd talk about just a little bit a little project this little side project uh, it's it is about the Rocketeer of course which is why we're doing the like a hood ornament portion but it ties into some 13th hour stuff that I have been thinking about for a while and I have been working on these articulated um, Rocketeer figures that are they're done, and they're based on this platform that I like quite a lot. There are some figures that I got on uh, AliExpress, uh, which is a Chinese wholesale type site, and they are similar to G.I. Joe's in that they're articulated in a very similar way without the O-ring, which is sort of problematic. So I have a bunch of, I have five Cliff Seacourt figures there. And I have made it so that the rocket pack is detachable. In the back, there is a hole where you can unscrew uh, the uh, the main sort of torso screw and uh, take the whole thing apart, which is very handy. But because there's a little screw there, you can, and there's a hole, a depression in there, you can basically attach something in there that'll stick to that screw. And so I used a little magnet that sticks in the screw in the, that hole, and that's where the pack is. And so the pack is attached essentially with a magnet, not really just with friction. And so that means that uh, the pack is detachable and it actually holds on there pretty well. Not perfectly, but pretty well. And so one thing I did was I I made these little plastic, I guess you could say a little, a little harness that uh, fits around the pack uh, front to back and then it has some holes in it. And so I uh, am going to make a little zip line, basically. So each each figure will come with a, a length of fishing line, which I have right here, and uh, you'll be able to slide the figure along the line like it's actually flying, which I figured would be appropriate since it's the Rocketeer. And I, I kind of wanted it to be the sort of thing where it could be like the, it's sort of like an actual playset. That's uh, that that's my latest project with this thing, uh, with these figures is uh, adding a little bit uh, more action in the action figure. <laughs> if you just want to have it and just you know sort of display it or not have that little plastic piece in there, and it'll be easier to explain with pictures or to see with pictures, uh, you can just take it off very easily. So, but what I was thinking I would do, kind of talk about today is the the other part of it which is that in the story that these rocketeer figures go with so concurrently to all this i've been i'm figuring that i'll package these figures and then it'll have a little choose that that's the choose your own adventure story that i've been talking about be working on and it'll have that as a a kind of like accessory you know so like he-man figures had like a little comic that came with it this will have like a little book that that'll come with it, and it's it'll be electronic, I think, unless I figure out a way to make it a physical uh, copy, maybe and and maybe I will for that. Although it works pretty well, I think, electronically, and it'll have 
The story goes along with it, and in the story there are enemy rocket men, just like in the in the movie, the 1991 movie. There is a film of German rocket troopers. So I thought we would actually talk about the making of that. So I figured it'll be a two-figure, two-figure action action figure line, I guess you could say. So I have the exact same figure. I'm using the exact same base. But what I figured I would do is I would make the figure in all black and I have some parts to go along with it. So, so there is a company out there and it's called Marauders Gunrunners, <laughs> which sounds sort of ominous. But what it is, is it's a company that makes toy uh, uh, parts for action figures of like the three and three quarter size um, which I guess you could say it's the one eighteenth scale or uh, one hundred, uh, r- roughly a hundred millimeters, something like that. I don't know how many millimeters the Rocketeer is. Let's see, how, how, how big is he? I think it's not quite that big. I think that's more like. Let's see, let's see here. Mm, so he's he's oh, actually you know actually no it is a hundred millimeters yeah yeah ten centimeters. Yeah, so 100 millimeters, 118 scale, or, uh, well, this, the Rocketeer figure is at three and three quarter inches. It is, it's actually more like four, it's a little under four inches. Three and three quarter is not quite the right size. It's, it's just about four, a little under four inches. That, uh, that particular size is, it's, um, a little bit harder to find than some of the others I've found. I don't know why. But uh, on that AliExpress site, there's quite a few of these very generic. They're not action figures. They're 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 either motocross riders or sort of drivers, or they they're called like workers. Sometimes they have these very generic names, and they're very easy to disassemble for the most part, and they're pretty easy to work with. So I found some figures that have black legs. So that's perfect, actually. And uh, these the same figures that actually that came with this actually um, have white arms. And so I'm going to actually plan on use this particular base to make a, f- a figure for Logan. Because I think one of the things that would be actually cool is because these figures are actually quite articulated, is I could actually make a Logan on uh, his hoverboard, Lightning, in a way that I couldn't with the five points of articulation ones that I did before. They were they were a bit more stiff, and these are not they're not super articulated, but it's it's a he can at least bend his knees, and he can swivel more at the hips, and he can turn his torso, and so it it looks a little bit, it's it's more poseable and it looks a little bit more um, dynamic without actually being super super realistic, I guess you could say. Some of the ones that come out now in terms of the toys and stuff like that, they're really nice. You can move them in in many many ways, but uh, they're they can be a little bit fragile because of that, I think. And then they also are. I don't think they were necessarily meant for play. Uh, as a result, they are a little bit stiff. So it's an odd combination of like they're very poseable, and they have a lot of like articulation uh, that's built in, or or like the pieces will. Like they'll come with multiple hands and things like that, but it's not exactly meant for more than that, you know. I'll give it one example: is that this uh, I had a Rocketeer figure 
that I got in Toys R Us. It was like 20 bucks. It was a great purchase. In an early, one of the early Instagram accounts I, I played around with was actually just making the Rocketeer doing do like various gymnastics and like b-boy techniques and things like that. Because it was very posable. Um, but it was, it came with multiple hands and things like that. And, but the hard thing about it was that actually aspects of it were actually really, really stiff. And then, so I remember one time I dropped it and the hip broke. And so the plastic that was actually used there was not terribly durable. Now there's another brand actually, and it's uh, it's made by Diamond Select. That's actually a lot more durable. It's also quite very poseable, and but it's, it's it is more durable. And that's one I actually I got I got that one for my kids because it was um, uh, it, it was much easier to move around and and sort of abuse. I remember when when my my son actually got his first first COVID vaccine. He was like two years old. And he was carrying that thing into the into the clinic to get the get the get the shots, and I remember my wife was trying to keep track of the little the little flames that would fit in there because so it would come with all these. It came with all these little parts, so not quite great for, again for a little kid. But he was holding it at the time. So I'm talking about something that's quite a few orders of magnitude less detailed and less articulate, but also still a little bit. So it's a little. It's kind of like an intermediate kind of scale. And uh, so it has the same level of articulation as those Rocketeer figures that I made. So I'll be using some of those figures for Logan. Uh, and then these particular legs that go with it for the, uh, for the, the enemy uh, trooper. The reason I'm using those legs is because they're all black. And that means I have a lot less work to do. I have no work to do basically on the, on the, the groin and the legs. So all I have to do is sort of put that back into the torso and done. The reason I, I'm kind of, uh, I'm looking for that is because every time there's a joint, if I have to paint it, that's an area that the paint will probably rub off. It's not a huge deal. Like if the paint rubs off, it's like in, in the, in the little joint itself, it'll just show that it's a different color. It's not that big of a deal. However, I think just for consistency's sake and the fact that it is, it'll be basically all black, um, it'll show up very, very clearly. And so what I'm having to do with the torsos and the uh, the arms is actually take, I've taken them all apart. So you can see in the back, you can hear in the background that I've got all the torsos here. I've got six here, um, so 12 halves, and then uh, the heads I will be using as well, but I'll be using I'll be taking, adding more to the heads. And then I have uh, 12 arms here that I've taken apart as far as they can go. And the way these arms are constructed is that they have a, a forearm and a hand all connected, and then they have an elbow joint. And the elbow joint is connected uh, to the forearm. You can't actually take it apart. It's been sort of molded in place, but it actually, it is movable. So there's a hinge there uh, just like your elbow, but they have, you can't actually remove that little hinge piece. So even though it is, um, it's, it's movable, uh, it's been, I don't exactly know how they did this, but it's basically been attached in place. So if I had to, if I wanted to take this little, this little piece out, I would have to actually break the whole thing. So, but what you can do is actually file down these, the little joints. And so the joint preparation part of all this is is quite big. For better or for worse, a big part of making these figures is the preparation work that you have to do. And for this part, it's there's a limited amount you can actually do because you, you can't take the figure apart totally. But 
you can prepare the joints in such a way that there is less paint rub, less chance for paint rub. And so what I'm doing is with that little, that little movable hinge there, I'm filing it down. So there's a little bit of space in between this little joint piece and the other parts of the figure so that paint on it will hopefully not rub too much. So ironically, the tighter the tolerance is and the more the figure kind of fits together well, the more difficult it is to kind of work with and customize because that means that the paint will tend to rub on these areas. So I have to do that for the elbows and I also will have to do that for the shoulders. So there's another section in, in the, the ball joint of the shoulders that I'll have to sand down this, uh, the joint so it, it rubs less. It still will probably rub a little bit, to be perfectly honest. I don't know if I'll be able to get rid of that totally, but uh, I will do my best. I'm using a Dremel to do most of that. And then I will, uh, the, the, the hard part about this is I'll have to actually paint it first. And for that, I'm actually going to be using an airbrush. So I've actually done this once before with an airbrush and I, I made the, the figures for the Hunter from Shadow in the Moonlight. And that actually worked great because the tolerances of those, it was a little bit, it's this differently designed figure, but the tolerances in the joints of those, uh, the, those particular figures I used were very loose. And so there was very minimal paint rub to begin with. And so that made it possible to actually make that figure. And I did the exact same thing. I painted it entirely black, sort of minimal work I needed to do on uh, some of the bigger joints that were the most problematic, like the shoulders and the elbows. I had to do some work on the knees, um, but I could, I could actually take that apart. And so because of that, I was able to sand those areas down enough so it didn't tend to rub. I think the deal is like if you play with it a lot, like if you're a kid, it's all going to rub. And so if you look at a lot of the toys that, certainly a lot of toys I had when I was a kid, um, the areas that were painted more or less rubbed off because you would hold them and play with them. And that was to be expected. But with this, I figured I will at least try to make it so that the, uh, the, uh, the joints are not an impediment. So that's what I'm doing uh, here uh, right now, right before I started recording this as I was working on the joints. Now what I have in my hand here in this little bag is I have all the parts. So one thing I have to do with the torso is I will need to sculpt on the jacket basically that the, the, uh, the, the ranger has, or the ranger, I don't know what you call him, the German rocket trooper, I guess. I'll sculpt that on. The good thing about these figures that I got is they're very generic. They're very easy to work with because they basically, it's a, it's a human frame, it's like a human male and it's basically sort of blank. There isn't a lot of detail on it, which is, makes it very easy to, to use. I have these, uh, I got some, um, some like basically like web belts, uh, from this company and we'll, uh, I'll, 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 I'll put those on there. I can get them on and see if I can. Ooh, it's kind of a tight fit. Let's see if I can get those on. Yeah, there we go. All right. So this kind of will mean that uh, I can put on, they have some little holes to attach things. And I think I, I got some things like uh, magazine pouches and a pistol holster. And it has like these suspender straps. 
So I don't think I'm going to need to do a whole lot of sculpting. What I may do is a little bit on the front to show that he's wearing a jacket. Um, but that's about it. Sort of, it'll sort of be minimal sculpting, I think. You can hear in the background how it kind of all together. Okay, so that's that. And then I have, so I have those, that the, the web belt type deal. I have in here, let's see, helmets, uh, holsters for lugers luger pistols and then there's a a uh this magazine pouch and then the machine gun that they have is i was able to find these on that site as well it's quite lucky uh an mp40 so and i haven't taken this out just yet but that actually is pretty pretty detailed and it fits in the fits in the hand pretty well that will uh that'll kind of complete the whole costume and uh, because these these ones are pretty articulated, I'll have to. Uh, they can actually hold the they can actually hold the um, the guns as well. One of the issues with GI Joe is that uh, they came with a lot of stuff, but it also often could not fit in their hands because it was the pieces were bigger or uh, the hands were not quite. It was a very hard plastic, and so it couldn't actually they couldn't often hold those things very well. Or if they did, they felt kind of weird in there. They would often fall out, or the thumbs would break in the process of putting stuff in the guy's hand. The helmet actually fits on the head perfectly. And so what I'm going to need to do with the head is actually uh, put the helmet on and then sculpt on like basically a visor and mask that uh, the, uh, the, the rocket troopers were wearing in the movie. The only other piece after that would be then to make a sculpt of the rocket pack that they used. And so I have a vague idea about what that looked like, because I remember looking at this when I was making the Rocketeer, the sprites for the Rocketeer game, which is of course connected to the same thing. That's how the story came about. That's This is the backstory to that game. And so I have a vague idea what the what they, what they used in that, that little animation in the movie. Uh, of the uh, the rocket, uh, the German rocket troopers taking off. So it'll be that. It'll be the exact same thing with the magnets, I believe, and the uh, and the zip lines. So it'll it'll be like two sets, essentially, of zip line rocket men, and they can collide with each other, I guess, or something like that. So I, I thought that this would be all be good practice for making the the Logan figures, and um, I'm actually going to experiment with those for. Uh, using cloth a little bit for cloth for his tunic and cloth for his pants. Uh, so there'll be a little bit less work to do in the regards to sculpting, but I think a little bit more work to do in terms of using cloth and finding the right kind of cloth for the figures. That's all coming up. And so this, I don't think this will be a huge project, this one with the, the German rocket troopers. The most tedious part will be the joint prep, which I'm doing now. And then it'll be a bit of sculpting and then and then painting and then f go figuring out how it all goes together so i could see it taking i could see it taking a little while but probably not as long as uh, some of the other things i've done thanks as always for listening you will see more updates to this in the coming months i will talk to you guys in the future hey a couple last minute things before you go thanks for listening to this show if you liked it you can find many more on the website 13thhr.wordpress.com 
or on your favorite podcasting platform. You can often find behind the scenes information about this show and other things that I do on social media, such as Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You'll see links to those in the show notes. Sometimes people will ask me, how can I help contribute to the show or other things that, that I do? And probably one of the easiest ways is by going over to Facebook and looking up the Facebook group called 13th Hour Arts. And it's a place for not only to discuss these kinds of things, but also for you to share your own creative process and the things that you're doing that bring meaning to your life. You can also do things that are entirely free, such as leaving a review for a book, music, this particular podcast, share it with friends, subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform, email me, W-R-I-T-E-J-O-S-H-U-A-B-L-U-M at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your suggestions and comments. You can also leave a one-time donation over at Coffee, and that's K-O-F-I slash 13THHR. It's basically like a virtual tip jar, kind of like the sort of thing like a piano player might have at a bar or something like that. For a small amount, you can also leave a donation on a monthly basis at Patreon, and that helps bring new things to this particular show and to support future projects. And that's at 13th Hour Arts. It's also a place for patrons to share their own creative process and the things that bring inspiration and meaning to them. I hope by sharing a little bit of the creative process in this particular show, it gets people to cultivate that aspect of their own life and to remember that those things are important even if you are an adult and you may not have time for it. Hopefully by paying attention to those aspects in your own life, you can remember your own dreams and aspirations and help create a world and make a world that you want to be in. And at the end of the day, That's sort of what the 13th hour is about. So thanks as always for listening, and I'll talk to you guys next week.